0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's views from the 573 Podcast. I hope y'all are doing well on this Thursday afternoon. Got a bunch of playoff talk that we got to get to today with the series all in uh, Game 6, or at least approaching Game 6. We got two of them tonight, and we got two of them tomorrow night. We're going to recap what happened Last night as we saw Golden State stave off elimination on their home court as well as the Knicks doing the same thing as both those teams remain alive here for the meantime for the next couple days. So we'll talk a little bit about that. The NFL schedule is coming out today and there's already been a few leaks of the schedule. Some of the big, and the more notable ones, opening game. Thanksgiving, uh, big primetime matchups, so we're going to discuss a, a couple of them as the schedule really comes out tonight, but we're going to discuss what uh, what some of the leaks are, and I have no reason to believe that these are not true, so we'll talk about that. Uh, some o- other NBA stuff, we got our all NBA teams put out with the first, second, third teams, we'll talk about those, I believe, right before we get to the playoffs. And I think we'll recap the show. We'll close it out with some Wimben Yama talk. Of course, the NBA draft lottery is next Tuesday. And whoever wins that is going to win the Wimben Yama sweepstakes. But uh, not nothing bad consolation prize in getting Scoot Henderson or Brandon Miller with the second or third pick. But the real prize is Wimben Yama. The guy that's been talked about is, most, is probably the most prized prospect since LeBron. You know, kind of crazy that that's been the narrative when you've had guys like Zion and AD and, you know, all those guys. But nevertheless, we'll talk about that and some of the best fits for Yama and uh, see where he goes. But uh, that's going to be next Tuesday, and uh, I'm very curious about how all that's going to play out. And see uh, who decide, who gets the win. And uh, again, it's going to be decided by ping pong balls. So, <laughs> you know, it's crazy that something like that is decided by a bunch of ping pong balls. But nevertheless, some teams' destiny will change on Tuesday night and get the chance to draft one of the most prized prospects we've seen in quite some time. So, thou further ado let's get on into some programming reminders before <laughs> kind of a little bit of a tease there uh of what's come but programming reminders uh be sure to go check out this pod on stitcher soundcloud spotify apple Podcasts, I believe we're on iheart radio as well so be sure to go give us a follow there give us a rating review all that good stuff you can find us on twitter at 573 pods you can find me on Twitter, and I believe I'm Ryan Five, five Seven Three Views or something like that. Um, but you can be, you can go and follow me and follow the podcast account on there. Go check out the Entertainment Channel as well. We just did a Star Wars draft, and uh, it was quite a fun time uh, with all four of us. So we're going to be. Straying away from the draft here in the next couple weeks. Uh, in the next few weeks. when uh Whenever we do our Pixar uh, tier list. Which we talked about doing in the summer. Me and Peter. We're going to get together. Talk about Guardians Volume 3. Very excited to talk about the latest installment. The final installment. In the Guardians franchise. So we'll be doing that here in the next few days. And we'll have that out to you as soon as we can. And uh something else. Uh, I've been working on it for the last few weeks, two two weeks, three weeks, something like that. And maybe try to do a little bit more videos for the podcast. Uh, If you remember, we tried to do something like that a few years ago with the podcast and have a YouTube channel and put the podcast on there. It would be straight audio, but think about doing more video ones and uh, kind of give you a rundown of what I'm thinking about is basically a li- little snippets of our conversations not the full podcast that takes a lot of work to get done on the editing side and plus uploading to YouTube That's go- that takes a while if, especially if it's an hour and a half or take the Star Wars draft for example especially if it's well over two and a half hours that takes a lot of time and effort so Thinking about doing that, maybe have, uh, for example, take a snippet of our Star Wars conversation that we had before the actual draft and talked about whether it's pronounced ADAT or ATAT and all that stuff. So uh, stuff like that, I, I think, is what we'll do and try to do that. Still trying to work out on how to best do that. But uh, it's coming together slowly but surely, uh, with uh, with all this video stuff. So I'm trying to get myself readjusted to it. But enough of me going on about uh, about this. Let's get on to the reason why y'all are here, and let's talk about some of the things that are going on. And let's start with the NFL because the, most of the stuff today is NBA stuff. So NFL schedule that's coming out later tonight. Excited about that. Excited to see about who the Titans are going to lose to in week one and all that good stuff. See if uh, Levis starts that week. Oh, man. It's funny. We were talking in the group chat, and uh, I am going to see UT play in week one. Uh, They happen to play in Nashville on September 2nd. They're playing Virginia, and uh, going to that game. And I believe the week before is when the NFL season gets underway. So I'm glad to miss the Titans opening game, whether it's at home or not. Uh, I'm glad to bypass that because I you know, just didn't, don't really want to, don't care right now. But NFL schedule, we know who the opening game is. And uh, we know it's the Chiefs and Lions. And that's actually a good test for the Lions to get things started off in week one. Of course, we talked about the Giants and their draft. Uh, we talked to them about that last week and uh, how they did. And, of course, the Lions, they had a surprise season. We're in it pretty much to the last couple weeks of the season last year. And uh just got eked out at the end. Got a chance to knock off the Packers and make sure they didn't make it. So a little bit of fun in that. But I think this is actually a good matchup for them week one to test them out against the defending Super Bowl champs at Arrowhead. See what see where their head is. You know, I mean it is week one, so I mean, Lions could go in there. Week one, beat them. There are such things as week one overreactions. Um, But I think that's a good matchup for the Lions to test things out for them. And I think it's a good matchup for the Chiefs too. You got a team that's young and hungry, placed with a lot of energy due to their coach, and uh, see how they can uh, stack up against them. But uh, that's going to be the opening game. For the 2023 season. The Chiefs and the Lions. With the Lions going on the road to get their season started. And some of the other games I'm taking a look at. And we've already had a couple of team schedules. Full schedules uh, leaked out. Uh, Chiefs. Again, they are going to go to Jacksonville in week two. And so that should be a fun matchup, a rematch of a playoff match that we had this past season. In which, you know, Jags came up short both times against the chiefs last season. So get another test for a young team. That's, that's hungry to try to get off to a good start. The jets Traveling to face the Cowboys in week two, Aaron Rodgers versus Mike McCarthy. That's gonna be a pretty good matchup. I think we'll see a lot of Jets primetime games. We'll see them a lot more on TV this year due to the fact Aaron Rodgers brings viewers and it's the Jets in New York. So it's a perfect storm. And so I could see the Cowboys being one of these games where it's on TV in a Big time slot, but Jets, Cowboys, I believe there's a couple other Jets games on here. Panthers hosting the Saints on week two in uh oh, on Monday Night Football. Potentially Bryce Young's first regular season home game could be in prime time. That is if he wins the starting job out of training camp. So that can be a notable one. Another Chiefs game, a lot of Chiefs games on here so far. Chiefs are going to be hosting the Eagles on Monday Night Football supposedly in week 11 and that's going to be a Super Bowl rematch. So that should be a really fun one between both these teams and you know Eagles not really going to get any type of revenge here. But it would be nice to beat them at Arrowhead. Uh I think I speak for all Philly fans when I say that. So that should be a fun one. That's gonna be on Monday Night Football as well. A couple other notable ones. There's a lot of Steelers games on here. Uh which, you know, if Peter's listening, he would have won to know, but uh, I I don't care. <laughs> but uh looking at some of these other games that we got going on is that uh Sunday, the opening week of the season, we got Couple of good ones. We got Packers at Bears. See how the Bears who are retooled this offseason. Uh see how their team looks with the Packers in the first game of the Jordan Love era. Uh that's going to be a, a, a fun one. That's gonna be on Fox in the big Fox slot there. Eagles, Patriots, Buccaneers, Vikings, see how the post-Tom Brady era works out for the Bucks. Hasn't worked out too well for the Patriots. So we'll see how it works with the second team. You got Cowboys at Giants on Sunday Night Football. Bills at at Jets. Speaking of big primetime slots for the Jets. Bills, Jets, Monday Night Football. That's a a pretty juicy one right there. And uh, could really set the tone, I think, for the AFC East. And, uh, you know, Jets looking to be on top of that division. Bills have been on top of that division for the last few years now. So we'll have to see if the uh, Jets can get something cooking there. A couple other games. And let's take a look here. I did see a Raiders at and Steelers matchup. The Steelers going to Vegas. So, Peter, if you're listening, there's your Steelers matchup. There's one of them. Thanksgiving Day games, because we we all care about the Thanksgiving Day games, you know, food, f- football, and family, all that good stuff. Weirdly enough, no AFC teams are in the mix for any of them this year. All them NFC teams, you get three divisional matchups. Packers at Lions, of course, that's usual one for the Lions, since uh, they usually host a, a Thanksgiving game. So it's going to be an NFC North matchup there. Then Commanders at Cowboys would be the second matchup. And that's obviously NFC East matchup. And then the Nightcap, 49ers at Seahawks. NFC West matchup. Kind of rare to see about those teams playing on Thanksgiving. And then also, we have Christmas Day games now. I don't see any Christmas games, but it sounds like the NFL, they they are going to be doing a lot of Christmas Day games this year and trying to compete with the NBA, which of course, you know, the NBA has a lot of games go on that day, got five games go on. So the NFL is going to be competing with the NBA on that day. The Patriots going back to them for a quick minute, they are going to be hosting, they are going to be hosting the Eagles, I believe, on this game. And I believe they are going to be honoring Tom Brady at that game, too. And I have to see which one, okay, one of them against the Dolphins. Um, so maybe uh, it's Patriots and Eagles week one, and the Patriots are honoring Brady then. I find it funny the Patriots would honor Tom Brady when they're playing the Eagles, which, if you remember, lost that Super Bowl. I find that really funny. But that, that game is probably going to be happening here within the first couple weeks. And I have to see if there's any new one. Uh, e- speaking of the Eagles, Eagles are taking on the Buccaneers in Week Three on Monday Night Football. Ah, here's another. Here, here's another Steelers matchup for uh, for you, Peter. Steelers will open at home against the Forty ers And I'm really curious about who's going to be behind center for the 49ers. Is it going to be Trey Lance or is Brock Purdy going to get healthy enough to find a way to start opening week? And I think that's all the one notable ones that I've seen leaked out. So those are some matchups that we can look forward to. Of course, we're going to to see the full schedule uh, later on tonight, but it, if that's uh, if th- some of those games, that's what's going to happen. It's going to sound really fun. And of course, whenever the season kicks off, we're going to be talking about those games and going to be predicting them as we always do here. So looking forward to that and looking forward to the full schedule being dropped later tonight. Really excited to see just how far they go with the Christmas Day games and see who's going to get to play on Christmas so with the nFL out out the way moving on to their competitor for the for Christmas day games the nBA and uh, let's start off with the all nBA teams because they've been something to note you got a lot of people with a lot of incentives tied to this Jalen Brown who could potentially get a Supermax, had so, some hopes of making one of these teams, and with the way he's played this year, not a surprise that he should be left off one. Uh, ja, he's got a lot of money tied into this. And so, last night we got our first, second, and third teams, and let's go with the third teams and talk and move our way up. I have to find the third team. Okay. Uh, the third team we had a couple Kings on here with DeMontis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox, joined by Damian Lillard, Julius Randle, and LeBron. So, LeBron has made an all NBA team now for 19 straight seasons and is on the third team. Uh, with how with two Kings players. Both of those guys have been playing really well this year. De'Aaron Fox really broke out this year. Sabonis so leading this Kings team to a playoff berth. Lillard was probably the only guy keep, was not probably was the only guy keeping the Trailblazers afloat until the last couple weeks, and they just say, "Yeah, screw it, we're just going to tank." And then Julius Randle, who was good a couple years ago in the, with the the Knicks off year last year has bounced back in a nice way, in a much needed way for the Knicks and their playoff hopes. So that's the third team. Second team, we got Steph Curry and Donovan Mitchell leading the way for the guards. We got Jimmy Butler and Jalen Brown, who got both forward spots, and Nikola Jokic. Uh, getting the center spot so that's your second team right there Uh, Steph no surprise there Donovan Mitchell's had an awesome year in Cleveland of course their season got cut short getting knocked down the first round Joker no surprise there if it weren't for Embiid he'd probably be on the first team but he's on the second team Jimmy Butler been playing out of his mind here in the playoffs recently and. You know so he's rewarded for what he did in the regular season, but he's carried that over to another level here in the playoffs and then Jalen Brown Jalen's had a really good season to where like there's serious conversations about how close is the gap between Tatum and Jalen brown here and uh i you know, I find that conversation pretty interesting, you know you got this this really good wing duo, the best wing duo in the league and you got serious conversations going on. Like hey Jalen Brown might actually be better than Tatum and brings it more than Tatum does. Uh, Tatum uh, didn't make first team, but there's still that conversation that's been going on in, in NBA circles. And Jalen, who we, we mentioned had money involved here with getting an all NBA team selection to add to his accolades. And that's what he did. So he uh, he is, I believe, eligible for a Supermax that he can sign this year. Sign this summer, I believe. So he's going to be a very rich man here very soon. An even richer man. And then on the first team, we got Jason Tatum getting one of those forward spots. Giannis also getting one of those forward spots. And then Luka and... Shea, Gilgis, Alexander, getting both those guard spots in the on the first team. And then, of course, the MVP, Joel Embiid, getting the center position locked up for all-NBA first team. I mean, you look at this, you got two of the guys that were contending for the MVP, and Embiid, who eventually won it, and Giannis, who... I believe finished third. Of course, Joker finished second, but he's on the second team. And beat him, play the same position. I believe he also had some votes for Tatum as far as MVP is concerned. Uh, Luka had a really good season, but the way things ended for Dallas, <laughs> I think, you know, probably would have traded a better end to this season for a selection here. And then SGA, uh, you, you know, me and Charles have talked plenty of times here over the last several months here during the season. And we, we've talked about the Thunder a few times in SGA. And he's really he made his mark uh, this year and how he's played. And the Thunder are looking like a team that the ceiling is really high for this team. Uh, you're getting Chet back. You got all those draft picks. You got a lot of salary cap space that you can do something with. So it's really looking good for the Thunder here. And now you got a guy that made the all-NBA first team in SGA. And was the centerpiece of that Paul George trade all those years back. And this is where we are. And uh, things are looking bright for him and the Thunder. Uh, Of course, there are some guys that missed out on the teams and there's actually a few more that had a lot of stuff tied into making these teams. Uh, guys like Fred Van Fleet, Pascal Siakam, who if they didn't miss out, they would have potentially been eligible for a Supermax extension. Jamal Murray as well. He's been playing lights out in the playoffs. I know that's a little bit different here, but he's been playing really well. Zion, of course, Zion has had his injuries and troubles again pop up. Darius Garland is another one, and he's played pretty well this season uh, alongside Mitchell. And then the one for my team, the one, uh, one that's a lot of people are making a big deal out of, is Ja not making this team. And... Because he did not make any of these teams, his contract will not increase by thirty-nine million. Which means the extension he signed last number last summer, instead of it being two hundred thirty-three million, it's going to stay at one hundred ninety-four point three million. And listen, as far as as far as the NBA side of it and all, all the other stuff. I do wonder if some of what happened with John last few weeks of the regular season, I wonder if that played a part. I do think some of those other guys played pretty well, but I'd be hard-pressed to take a, a lot of those other guards, maybe besides Steph, Luca, maybe you can make a case for SGA, I still think he, if you look at oh these guards and compare them, I th- still think Ja is at a superstar level. But you know maybe a lot of it, what happened, just played into it. And, like you look at stats, a lot of those other guys, you know, played and were around. Ja had missed some time, a couple times due to injury, and of course he had the, the facto non-game suspension. But uh, it does make you wonder if how he performed had a factor, which I imagine so. But even then, I mean, he still performed insanely well and uh, and all this other outside stuff. Uh, as far as Ja is concerned, I think, listen, going to use this as some, uh, as some motivation, I think, for next season and trying to get back on one of these teams and probably eyeing first team because that's probably where he thinks he belongs is that first team or if not that then second team and then as far as the Grizzlies are concerned hey listen I know you know with the extra 39 million I know it's like an incentive but maybe if you're the Grizzlies, you're also kind of happy about that because you're not going to have to worry about another $39 million that's going to be added onto a contract and it's going to be on the books. So I got to imagine you're happy about that. Does that mean they're going to have extra money? No. But I think if you look at Joss' contract, it's going to infinitely help you out long-term that he didn't get this right away. And so that way, yeah, he gets paid $194.3 million, But what you're probably going to get is a salary cap that's not going to be burdened by the extra $39 million you have had to pay him, but also a guy that's going to be really motivated to get back to being a better leader on and off the court and being a better player. And really taking off. And, uh, you know, if, if, listen, going back to all that stuff that he's had going on. If John had all that stuff going on and he was still doing really well. Imagine what he's going to do when all that stuff is not going on. (laughs) It's a terrifying thought uh, for the rest of the league. But exciting thought for me and several Grizzly fans. But uh, I think, you know, despite whatever whatever happened with the voting this year, I think John's going to be better for it. The Grizzlies are going to be better off for it. And that'll be that. But that's the All-NBA teams right there with the first, second, and third teams right there. And let's get on into the playoffs because the playoffs have been really fun uh, so far. I mean... Yeah, despite my team not making it out of the first round, it has been extremely fun. There's been a lot of things to keep an eye on. And, of course, you're looking at where all these series are at right now, and all of them are at 3-2 with, looking at all these teams, I believe only Denver is the only team that has home court advantage as the higher seed in all these series to have the series lead because you got Miami, they hold the series lead over the Knicks, Billy, they hold the series lead over the Celtics and then the Lakers hold the series lead over the Warriors. So the Nuggets are the only team that's holding serve. And you know, let's talk about Denver and Phoenix right quick since, you know, bringing them up first, uh, no CP three, and no CP3 tonight, uh, he's still out. And he got potentially DeAndre Aiden questionable for the game tonight. Now listen, I know everybody's been bagging on Aiden, and probably deservedly so. Um, But hey, listen, if you're the Suns, you, you need bodies out there. And having Aiden out there is better than having no Aiden, despite how poorly he may be playing. It's better. Than, it's better than having nothing else out there on the court for you. And so I think you look at the series. Two things stand out. Of course, all the home teams have won. Whoever's been the home team in the series has won every game. And what's the old saying? No, you don't. The series isn't really interesting or or compelling. Until a road team wins it. Now Denver has a chance to. Close it out. And get the first road win. Of this series. But also another thing. When you think about playoff series. Has come up. Particularly in this one. The benches have performed well. At these home games. That's why. Phoenix won theirs. That's in the, in the games 3 and 4. Got really good production from their bench. In which. Their bench just was non-existent in games one and two. And showed up in game three and four. Role players play better at home. And that's what happened. And not the, the you know, let's of course add in the fact that Devin Booker was on a, you know, he had an off night in game five, but it's been on a tear here recently. And is just making difficult shot after difficult shot. And you're just like, how does this guy keep making these? And the same has been true for Denver. Their role players played really well at home. On the road, they have not. And you know, I do like Phoenix strategy in this series of like, hey, listen, if the Joker scored 50 in this game, gets a 50 point triple double, that's fine. We'll let him go off, but we can't let any of those other guys beat us. And I think, you know, you may need to add Jamal Murray in that conversation because Jamal has been playing really well in the postseason as well. He and Joker have been an awesome duo as well as KD and Booker. Both those two guys going at the other two guys have been extremely fun to watch. So I think if you're Denver, you look at this game tonight, you're going to need some of your role players to come out and shoot the lights out. Cause yes, Phoenix can take that strategy of saying, "Hey, we'll let the Joker score. Just don't let the other guy score. We'll make them pay." That that's how you beat that strategy. It's by making it's by making Phoenix pay for saying that we'll just let the Joker do whatever he wants. Got to you got to make your shots. Got to be able to make your free throws. All that good stuff. If you get you know, useful performance out of the Joker, in which he's been putting up triple doubles like crazy here recently. You get a good Jamal Murray game, and then say something like Bruce Brown, who had awesome game five, shows up and has another awesome game in game six. Maybe MPJ shows up and has a really good game. Aaron Gordon, you know, it's those other guys that are surrounding the two stars of that team, gonna need to show up. If not, then they're heading back to Denver for Game 7. In which case, might not be the worst strategy if you're Denver, but I think also if you're Denver, you want to get things done quickly, get some rest, close us out tonight, and head back home and get ready for whoever awaits them with the Lakers and Warriors series. And let's talk about the Lakers and Warriors series. Uh, speaking of a team that's been really good at home in the postseason, uh, Lakers have been dynamite. At home, going back to the Memphis series, them winning games two, three, and six, and so far they've won. They won both their home games, blew out Golden State in game three, and just left the door open a little bit in game four. But they go on the road. Golden State has a really good game. From a lot of their guys, Moody made some shots. Draymond had over 20 points. <laughs> like, what? what is this? What's going on here? Steph being his usual self. Clay. Clay's had a good game here. It, he's had a good game in the series. I believe it was, like, game one or game two. And some of these other games, it's like, you know, he's throwing up bricks. Well, that's like, I mean... You know Clay isn't going to start making those shots, at one point or another. That's why I think you're fine with it. Like, oh, okay, we're fine. We're, fu- we're fine with that. That's one of the best shooters in the uh, in the game right there. And you know you got a game six coming up, and we all know the saying, we all know the nickname, game six Clay. does, does he make an appearance Friday night? Want to see because that could be the difference in Golden State losing in LA or them getting one more shot in a game seven on their home floor. Which that's gonna be an insane amount of energy. So we'll have to see how that goes. Of course, A D, his health. We'll have to see if he's gonna be good to go on Friday night. He's had numerous Sorts of, uh, of things that he's had to get through so far in this postseason. And it seems like every other game, AD does really well. And if you're the Lakers, you're hoping that if he's good to go, that Friday night will be one of those games in which he goes off and close the series out and gets to the West Finals. So we'll have to see. Lakers have had the emergence of Rui Hachimura, who's... Played really well in the postseason. Reeves has played well. Lonnie Walker has seen uh, has reemerged here in the last couple games. And then also for the Warriors, you got Wiggins playing pretty well, and you got the lineup there with Steph, Clay. Uh, you got Looney starting, Draymond Wiggins, and then later you bring on Gary Payton, and then I believe Lair they just go to lineup which with no looney and just put Peyton in the lineup which he's been pretty impactful since he's come back so I'm very excited to see what happens in game 6 tomorrow night in uh, in LA uh, it's going to be a really fun atmosphere we'll have to see if game 6 Clay shows back and that those shots that he's been taking a whole lot in this series See if they start going down, and uh, if they start going down, uh, if you're Lakers, you gotta be concerned because Steph is still doing what what he does. And uh, yeah, this is gonna be exciting to see game six at Crypto, uh, it's still weird to say, Crypto Arena uh, with, uh, (laughs) you know, I still wanna call it Staples. But it should be fun. See if the Lakers can close it out uh, with another game six on their home floor. Or if Golden State gets back to Chase Center, gets game seven on their home floor. Which, that'd be another awesome environment. So, those are the, the two West matchups. Moving on to the East. And let's start with the game that's going on later tonight. Boston. Philly Philly has a 3-2 lead right now after taking Game 5 on Boston's home floor in which Boston did not look like themselves. And if you remember, something similar happened last year with Boston in the playoffs. They overcame it, of course, and they got to the finals. I don't know if... That's going to be something that the Celtics can take a look back at and see it and try to get that energy back. Uh, of course, last year, law uh, were facing the Bucks in the second round, had a game five at home, and and a game six on the road. Jason Tatum scored forty six points. Won won the game six for them. Got back to Boston, and then ended up winning that one. And you can see the scripts kind of played out similarly. Uh, similarly, uh, this year lose a disappointing game five of their home four. How did they respond? Does Tatum have another big game, or does Jalen Brown have a big game? And if you're and looking back. at... On that team, and looking back on this team, I do think it it is sort of unfair to kind of compare both those uh, this year and last year because they're not the same. There's there's a lot of change that happened with the Celtics in the span of this season last year. Um, You know, Celtics made some additions, really good additions, Brogdon being one of them, winning the sixth man of the year award. And of course, coach. Ime Udoka focused on defense first, and made good lineup changes, substitution changes, and changes on how to play defense and all that stuff. Strategy and did really well. And with Missoula, who's done a really good job this year, really starting to show and. That might be a reason why the Celtics could go out tonight at Philly. You know that environment's going to be rocking with how well Philly's been playing. um. Of course, Embiid, you were wondering when he was going to get back. And he's gone back and has played well. He had, he had a stinker of a game from Harden here in the last couple games. But he played really well here in game five. And of course led to the led to Philly winning. So it's a little bit different for Boston this year. There there's a couple different things. I don't I think Missoula is as good of a coach as Udoka was, and particularly making strategy decisions, um, what the focus is on, whether it's offense or defense, and what certain decisions lead or lean in. That way. So we'll have to see. But uh, for Philly, this is a big opportunity. Um, You know, Charles and I have talked about this. Philly and Boston. You know, Philly's had. Boston's had Philly's number for a few years now. So this could be huge if you're Philly. You got a chance on your home floor. To take care of the team and send them home. The team that has had your number for the last several seasons. And you get to go to the Eastern Conference Finals in which you would have home court. Regardless of who makes it out of Heat Knicks, you would have home court. And I think I might take Philly to win tonight. I think I might take them. And again, I know it, it. it's a little bit unfair to compare last year's Boston team to this year's. But I also think there's a little bit, a part of me that thinks the script could play out similarly. Like, I'm not saying boss, uh, one of those guys has a great performance. They go to Game 7 and they win. But I think it sets up the opportunity to. If a Tatum or Jalen Brown has a big game tonight to give Boston one more chance at home on their home floor to get back to the East Finals and try to get back to the Finals. But this is an exciting series, man. It, It has been from the jump with Philly winning that game at Boston without Embiid. And of course, getting Embiid back in game two. So we'll we'll see where things go tonight with game six at Philly, with that being the first game up in Denver and Phoenix being the second game. And then the final game, a final series that we gotta talk about is the Heat and the Knicks. And the Knicks staving off elimination last night, winning 112 to 103. And, listen, of course you know what Jimmy has done in this series. Last night did not have all that great of a game, only scoring 19 points. Uh, For the next last night, R.J. Barrett. You know, listen, R.J., he's inconsistent. But when he is on, like he was last night, getting 26 points and 7 rebounds, 2 assists, then it could be a real a really big game changer in which you already know what you're getting out of Brunson, you already know what you're getting out of Randall. If Barrett can contribute some, then you, watch out. Uh, of course, Brunson last night. Speaking of him, 38 points, nine rebounds, seven assists, and Randall, 24, five and five. Really big games from New York stars right there. And really need them. Even though despite Jimmy not having a good game. Nobody on Miami scoring over 20. But Knicks win game 2. Or win game 5. At home. Garden going crazy as usual. Now they got a game 6. To prepare for. Tomorrow night. In Miami. And it's going to be a tough one. And you also wonder. If the Knicks. They could bring the scoring they had, particularly from this last game, if they can bring that over to Miami. Uh, They're one of the only teams here in the playoffs right now that hasn't cranked 100 points on average. And that could be a potential problem heading into a game six in Miami. Uh, Also, if you're looking at the three-point percentage, only shooting 28 percent which means it's gonna let teams pack the paint against them and Miami will do that creating problems for Randall if he decides to post up and drive or if Brunson if he decides to go take it to the paint so if you're the Knicks, if you want a chance to get back to New York for a game 7 which would be lit you got to find a way to make some shots here particularly your threes and giving your stars the spacing they need to go do what they do best. Go create, make plays, drive to the hoop, all that good stuff. And potentially, you're probably going to need another big game from R.J. Barrett here. I think you're going to need another big one to try to get you back to MSG for game seven and try to stave off elimination one more time just one more time in game seven. Anything can happen in game sevens. Whether it's baseball, hockey, or basketball. Anything can happen. So if you're the Knicks, the one thing I think you gotta do tomorrow night score better, score efficiently, make your outside shots, and help out your Big Stars and Randall and Brunson and hope that R.J. Barrett, he can bring that consistency from his performance in Game 5, bring some of that over in Game 6, and really kind of change things in the series. But if you're the Heat, you have a home game on your home floor, in which you hope you're going to get another magical performance from Jimmy Butler, in which he's been lights out this, this postseason, Got this Heat team believing that they can do anything. They've already taken out the Bucks. They could potentially take out the Knicks, who's a top four, top five seed. Knock them out and get to the East Finals. And which, if you remember, they've made the East Finals here pretty consistently the last several seasons. Uh, dating back to, like, what was it? The bubble? If you remember that. So they got a chance on their home floor with one of the best playoff performers that we have right now to take game six and get to the East Finals again and away whoever's playing there. And you know, it would be fun if Philly takes care of Boston, Miami takes care of New York. If you remember, Jimmy was on that Philly team several seasons ago still think he 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 does think he doesn't remember what happened there you might use that as a little bit of an extra motivation and uh, try to knock out one of his former teams there but uh, the Heat they still got a game six to get through and they still and they might have potentially a game seven to play but For Jimmy, he needs to have another great performance tonight. Bam, who's been playing at a really high level, too. He needs to give the Heat another really good game here. On both sides of the floor, making an impact defensively, being the anchor that he has been. And also being a playmaker on the offensive side side of the ball. So, we're in for a treat, man. We're in for a treat with all these games and games. We got these two game sixes tonight. Then we got our other two tomorrow night. So it's going to be fun. And this kind of a a segue to our next topic, because, you know, I was wondering, wait a minute, do the conference, uh, the conference finals and draft lottery happen around the same time together, right? I was thinking that was like, you know, when the lottery was supposed to happen, like, is it supposed to happen by now? I was like, yep. Conference finals, lottery, kind of go hand in hand here. And so we got our draft lottery on Tuesday night. And let me go pull up the draft odds because I know it's changed here in recent years. So let's take a look at where what the odds are now and see who are some of the favorites right now. Uh, starting from the bottom, New Orleans has a 0.5% chance. Toronto, 1% chance. Oklahoma City, 1.7% chance. Have Chicago, but that pick may be conveyed to Orlando. Uh, that pick has a one 1.8% chance of going number one. Then you got Dallas, uh, who has a 3% chance. That pick might be conveyed to New York. So New York has a couple of reasons to... as as a reason to be excited about the draft lottery is they could potentially get Dallas's lottery pick, uh, which could be big for them and and maybe adding a trade chip potentially, or uh, another young piece. Utah 4.5% chance, Washington 6.7, Indiana 6.8, Orlando 9.0, Portland 10.5, Charlotte fourth best odds, 12.5, and then Detroit, Houston, and San Antonio with even odds at 14% to get the number one pick. And, you know, usually with how the lottery goes, you'll have one team that comes out of nowhere and kind of surprises everybody. It's like, whoa, how'd they get in there? Um, I mean, of course, we know how they got in there. You know, the luck of the ping pong balls. But, you know, kind of that reaction. Like, man, they jumped all the way up. And, uh, of course, I don't know who it could be, you know, I'm going to play devil's advocate for Charles here, but <laughs> Oklahoma city jumping up into the top three. <laughs> um, but uh, right now, Detroit, Houston, San Antonio all had the best odds of getting that number one pick and winning the women Yama sweet stakes. And there's going to be a, uh, some mad teams, some mad executives in that front office on Tuesday night. But again, consolation prizes and Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson, not too bad. <laughs> you could be doing worse. You could be taking a look at, what, the 2013 drafts or something like that when it was just awful. So, yeah. You're probably bummed that you don't get a, a prized prospect like him. But you get uh, you get some nice pieces to go and build along your young core. So and looking at those three teams, Detroit, Houston, San Antonio, I mean Charlotte does have a chance at twelve point five. I mean Wembenyama, and Lamello, uh pretty scary pick and roll duo right there with uh with those two. So let's kinda take a look here at the best teams, best landing spots for uh when ben Yama. So let's start with Houston. And uh, of course Houston. They have been. Rebuilding for a long time. And you also potentially got the. Uh, the rumor mill swirling about Harden. Maybe looking at getting back to Houston. I guess it depends on what happens in. Philly in this series. And of course they're looking for. Then they hired their new coach. They got Udoka coming in there. Try to, re-change, uh, try to change up the culture right there. And Jalen Green, you got him in there. Jabari Smith, you add him in there. So you got two, uh, two past drafts and number two overall picks right there together. You got Senguin in there as well, Kevin Porter Jr., KJ Martin. There's a lot so there's a lot of young pieces up here uh for the Rockets. And if you think about adding Wimben Yama to this, I think you you kinda of look at the legacy of Rockets, Big Men and Yao and Hakeem in the passing, so so they, they would get another one. So I don't, so as far as Atlantic spot, Houston might be lower, but as far as like the young talent there, you can't deny that adding Wemben Yama to the to Jalen Green, number two overall pick in 2021, and Jabari Smith, number two pick in, in last year's draft. You can't tell me that wouldn't be compelling. But but I think a lot of it depends on the culture there in Houston. Hasn't been a very positive culture there here in the last few seasons. Been downright bad um, on the court and off the court, but if Wimbaniyama ends up there, you have to wonder if if that environment's going to change or or something that's going to stay the same. I think you, you hire Yudoka, you expect them to make a culture change and get Things shifted away from that sort of culture that they have there. Got a young team here and trying to change things up and it's like, hey, this is how things go. So I think out of the top three picks, the top three potential odds right here, Houston's probably the lowest for me. Uh, Detroit I think is Pro it's either, it's either the best or second best, clearly, but I think you can make an argument for San Antonio or Detroit to be the best options for him. But let's start by Detroit. Of course, you got former number one overall pick Kate Cunningham. He missed most of the season uh due to a shin injury in December. And, of course, he added Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran to this group last in this last draft. And we were really excited about Cunningham before he had his injury. Looked really good. I think adding Wim and Yama. I mean, you think about the potential right there. I mean, with Detroit, they got a lot of big, so you're probably... If you do get the number one pick, you're probably like, we need to trade in one of these bigs to help out this rotation we got in the front court. Because There's Wiseman, there's Bagley, I think Isaiah Stewart's still there, you got Duren still there, and if you get and Yama, that's five. There's It's almost like the 76ers a few years ago when all they did was drafted bigs. I mean, eventually it didn't work out in the end, you know, you got your star big man up front and they could be potentially heading to the East finals after all these years, but adding somebody like women Yama who you got a pass first guy like Cunningham and you got Ivy as well heading into year two. I think if you're Detroit, I think you can make a case. It, it's, Tied with San Antonio is the best option. And you, you pair him with Duran up front, who is a defensive bank and can help any sort of adjustments that Wembe still may need to have on the defense side, any shortcomings. Uh, of course, you no know, Niyama is going to have to add some strength and add some muscle uh, with the NBA. But I think Dern can help out in that regard. But, you know, I think Wembenyama, you're also adding athleticism and length to this team. So there's a plus right there. So I think if you pair Ivy, Cunningham, Wembenyama, you got Dern there to help out. I think it's really looking good for Detroit. I think Wimby would could get butts in the seats in Detroit. That I feel like has been sort of a problem there in recent years. So you got this nice young core together. The technically a potential big three right there, core four, if you want to add during into this conversation. And things could be looking really good in Detroit. We talked about the Lamelo and Wimbinama dynamic of a pick and roll team. Cunningham and Wimby would be would be just as good. Maybe potentially even better. And I think the Spurs, they're right up there with the Pistons as far as landing spots for Wimbinama. I think me and Charles, we talked about him before about the Spurs like how it would fit there. I mean with their record with international players spot on. With big men, talented generational big men. <laughs> spot on. So I think we have that. You have Popovich, who is still there. You have to wonder how long he's gonna be there. Um he has evolved with the times of the of the NBA. And they've developed a lot, a lot of talent. Um, you know, they tried out DeJounte Murray last year. Yaka uh, they get draft capital. They have two nice young players at, at the wings with Keldon Johnson, who had a good season last year. Averaged nearly 22 points per game, nearly five rebounds per game. And he had Devin Fassell who averaged over 19 points per game. And you got those two guys at 23 and 22 years old. And you also got really solid guys around them, like Trey Jones, Tice's younger brother, Malachi Branham, and you got Jeremy Sochan, which a lot of people in San Antonio really like, as what he could bring, and if he develops further on both sides of the ball. So you add a centerpiece, I think, with Wembanyama, I think you know what the Spurs can do with their national players and the big men. I think in a place like San Antonio would be as as far as we're talking about, you know, a healthy organization compared to Detroit and Houston. Like again, I still think Detroit is up there with San Antonio for the best landing spot. But as far as healthy organizations, I think you'd want enough with the Spurs. Considering you know what they do, you know their track record. And how done they well have how well they've done uh, with guys like him that have come through the ranks. I think this is this up there. This up there with one of the best landing spots for uh Wimbenyama and uh I think they'll get his development right. You won't have to worry about the culture in Houston. We'll see if that changes, but you won't have to worry about that. Uh, Detroit. Yeah, there's a lot of nice stuff. Yep, screw it. I think San Antonio's the best spot. No, I'm I'm changing my mind. I think I'm talking myself into it. I think San Antonio is the best spot for Wemby here. So... I know. I don't know if Matt's going to listen to this. You know, Rebecca probably will, and she'll probably report back to this. But, man, I think your Spurs are the best spot for this next generational prospect, okay? I think he is. I'm going all in right now. I think Spurs are the best spot. I think Detroit is a clear two. Houston's a clear three. There's positive, positive to all three of them. I think San Antonio offers more positives right there, so we'll have to see how all this plays out, and uh we'll have to wait till Tuesday night to find out and Of course, we'll have a conference finals game that night had to figure out I feel like it's usually Eastern Conference finals uh when the draft went in the draft lottery on the same night, so we'll have to see but uh. We'll find out which team is going to be really excited to draft this next generational prospect on a Tuesday night. Somebody's going to be jumping for joy and you're going to have a couple others that are just going to be, you know, and you know how they do with the draft lottery with it being a televised event. Uh, the reactions are are going to be fun to watch. Uh, so really looking forward uh, to seeing how that goes. Uh, if I am being perfectly honest here, I think I'd rather he go to Detroit. I don't want to, have to worry about Wimben Yama and playing him four times a year. If he's in Houston or if he's in San Antonio. So I'd rather just not deal with them altogether. All right, we are—you got Luka to deal with. We got freaking Zion, whenever he's healthy. Um, I'm Trying to think who else. Um, oh, I mean... I mean, Jalen Green and Jabari Smith are talented, but they're not up there yet. But I'd just rather not have to deal with another guy that's been talked about as a generational type of guy. Um, I'd just rather just have him go out and play in the East and play in in Detroit. uh, That's my preference. That's how I would run the draft. Um, But, uh, you know, I don't get to do it. It's decided by a bunch of ping pong balls. But nevertheless, uh, that'll put a bow on this week's show, everybody. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in wherever and however you may have tuned in. It means a lot to me that you've taken some time out of your day to check in, hang out with us. As we talk about what's going on with the NFL schedule and the NBA playoffs and draft lottery and all that fun stuff. So it means a lot that you took some time hang out with us. As we talk about what's going on in this crazy world of sports that we're all watching in real time. Uh so be sure again to go check us out wherever you guys get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at 573 Pods and the Twitter account, my Twitter account, Ryan5 um, views five seven three. Follow me there and other stuff again. Entertainment channel, guardians. We're going to be doing a pod here in the next few days, so be on the lookout on that feed for that podcast, doing a lot of entertainment pods. There's a lot of stuff that we've uh, been talking about doing. Uh, I know there's one me and Peter have been talking about doing since uh, it's the 15th anniversary of a certain movie uh, this summer. So we've been talking about that, but uh, that's later on the pipeline, Pixar tier list, all that good stuff. Looking forward to all that down the road. And once I get stuff figured out on the video front, i'll let y'all know in either next week's views pod or in the entertainment pod or uh, maybe i'll just tweet about it if i if i don't do a pod in between that and then in next week so that's all i have for you all this week ryan mcdaniel here saying hope you all have a good rest of your day have a good weekend we'll talk to you all next time